Hello and welcome to Reading Matter. My name is Nat and in this podcast I'm talking about fiction and non-fiction books. And this is our first episode when I'm actually talking about a non-fiction. It is a book I have read quite a while ago and I'm still recommending it to everybody who's interested in language and dictionary making. And I'm talking about Word by Word by Cory Stamper. The book was published in 2017 and it's not very long, it's about 300 pages, but it is immensely packed with fun, wit, a lot of information, and actually a great description of the life of a dictionary maker. What kind of work comes into it, what kind of skills people need to work to be able to actually work as dictionary makers, and as writers and editors of dictionary entries, and generally what kind of role dictionaries play in our lives in everyday society. All of this you can find in this book. And it's told in such an entertaining manner that I'm very grateful uh, to Cory Stamper for writing it so that I can in, I can recommend it to both people from the humanities who studied the same things I did or people who are just curious about language but do not want a nerdy textbook. Word by word, the secret life of dictionaries. Let me quote a passage about the English language from it, and I think it gives you quite a good understanding and idea of the style of writing of the author and what the book is going to be about. And I quote, We think of English as a fortress to be defended, but a better analogy is to think of English as a child. We love and nurture it into being, and once it gains cross-motor skills, it starts going exactly where we don't want it to go. It heads right for the goddamn electrical sockets. We dress it in fancy clothes and tell it to behave, and it comes home with its underwear on its head and wearing someone else's socks. As English grows, it lives its own life. And this is right and healthy. Sometimes English does exactly what we think it should. Sometimes it goes places we don't like and thrives there in spite of all worry. We can tell it to clean itself up and act more like Latin. We can throw tantrums and start learning French instead, but we will never really be the boss of it. And that's why it flourishes. End of quote. So what do you think about this approach to the English language? I actually quite enjoyed it. And I also am happy that the author of the book is someone with... I guess an insider point of view and some authority on the subject because Curry Stamper is an editor of Merriam-Webster Dictionary and she's been working in there for a while so she actually has a glimpse in all the intricate details of dictionary making. And of course, as Merriam-Webster is a dictionary of American English, you will be privy to a lot of British English versus American English debate stories. In her book, Cory Stamper does not just reveal the backstage of dictionary making, she also introduces us to the people who do that, to the lexicographers and people who write definitions, who quite a lot of times are very quiet and socially awkward um, individuals who have to, um, well, not directly via correspondence, but still interact with sometimes crazy readers or overexcited readers who want to argue about the meanings and usage of words or contribute for 
the dictionary making. Actually, also, I don't think any of us who are not lexicographers can imagine how infinitely hard it is to write, to craft a definition of a word. And there are many rules, entire textbooks of rules, how to write a proper definition. But this is a whole different set of problems and troubles, so I'm actually glad I'm not a lexicographer and I'm on the easy, on the receiving end of a lot of dictionaries. At the same time, the book pays a great deal of attention to the role of dictionaries in our lives, actually. Um, and it even probably made me rethink how I consider the roles of dictionaries um, on the level of the social influence that they have. So many people believe that dictionaries prescribe the correct usage of language um, with all the rules and traditions um, that English speakers live by um, and the learners of English have to adhere to, uh, that all of those rules can be found in dictionaries. And it is true in a way, but on the other hand, dictionaries also describe, um, like this descriptive function of a dictionary, it does not tell you a rule of how to say and what to say. It basically describes how people are using these words or phrases. So it collects corpora of usages of particular words and then tries to kind of define it. But this is not the dictionary being a trendsetter. It is a dictionary reflecting and like putting a trend into a norm. So this is a very interesting dichotomy there, how dictionaries try to fulfill both of these roles at the same time. And how a lot of times people, us general users of dictionaries, think the dictionary is there to show us the norm, to show us what is traditional and it should always stay like that. What we do not take into account is the fact that dictionaries also change. And now, since we rely a lot on online dictionaries, they get to be updated even faster than paper dictionaries were back in the days. Another important question to the role of dictionary that Coris Tempers mentions in her book, I think it's mainly, um, I think a really good example is chapter nude, how people believe that by eliminating a word from the dictionary, we would also eradicate the social problem it designates. Well, usually that concerns different social problems. And we can see this tendency a lot lately um, with regard to books and films, how somehow people believe that if this or that book that deals with an uncomfortable topic or is a historical monument that represents a particular way of thinking, should just be eradicated from the system. And just by taking it out of the equation, the same way we would take out the problem out of our society. I believe it's a little bit like trying to exclude, let's say, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee from school program somehow would just teach kids not to use the N-word or to avoid this kind of judgmental thinking that is criticized in this book. But on the other hand, this is the point why the book was written, to show this perspective, to show the critical point of view, especially from the perspective of a kid telling the story. So 
with dictionaries, what happens a lot is rethinking of particular words and definitions. And I do believe this is something that has to happen. But at the same time, we need to make sure that it, we do not fall for this false pretense that just by excluding something from dictionary, we solve the cultural problem as well. So once again, to sum up, I do not just recommend this book for its depth and critical questions it asks and raises, but also uh, for pure fun of it. I loved the description of the office work of lexicographers of Merriam-Webster. Of course, a lot of those things are being digitized nowadays more and more, which changes the way people work. But I did just plainly enjoy reading about those people who are so into language, who can spend hours and hours analyzing different examples of speech uh, from the internet, from uh, their, from the readers who contact them in order to craft a clear, as clear as possible, an objective definition for everybody else to see, read and rely on. As I said again, it is a witty narration. I think Kari Stamper did a great job with this book and I can only recommend it to everybody who is interested in culture, in language development, but you do not have to have a professional education to understand that. It is an authoritative book on lexicography, but also with a lot of fun in it. Thank you guys for listening. Please make sure to share your thoughts on that. Maybe some other books on language that you know that are also interesting to read for a non-humanities people. Share them in the comments and uh, check out the other episodes of the podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye.